Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there and welcome to Mid-September here on Around the Hearn as we've got the uh, big show with a lot of gold and blue planned for tonight. The head coach at Delphi St. John's in his 24th year, I believe the dean of football coaches in the Midwest Athletic Conference and Delphi St. John's boss, Todd Schulte, and Janon Evans in her uh, seventh year, the Lincoln View volleyball coach. And I'll just tell you right now, she's going to talk about an upcoming game on a Thursday night against Kaleida. That actually happened. Uh, we uh, taped it before that matchup. I just haven't been able to get the show out with a busy weekend. Ended up winning five uh, or moving to 5-0 and with a 3 nothing win at Kaleida on a Thursday night. So the reigning Northwest Conference Coach of the Year, who's got Lipsick hot on her heels, unbeated 4-0. We'll uh, talk about her program and so much more as we uh, get an update on both the St. John's football programs, their new turf, and everything going on at Lincoln View. We're taking a look at things coming up in the world of sports in the area. Spencerville, Columbus Grove, Allen East, and Lipsick all unbeaten with wins last weekend as the uh, Northwest Conference kicked off play. The MAC has got a lot of big games coming up this week. And a Coldwater Marion local all unbeaten, as it was four last week. But Coldwater knocked New Bremen from the ranks of the unbeatens. Coldwater with a a matchup you'll hear about in a bit against St. John's. Anna goes to New Bremen. St. John's goes to Coldwater. Versailles of Fort Recovery. Minster at Marion local. St. Henry at Parkway. The MAC for this week. Boys soccer in the Western Buckeye League. 4-0-1 St. Mary's. Leads the league 2-0. They'll play in Glendorf on Tuesday night in a game broadcast on WZOQ Radio. Titans 4-2 and 1-1. and Girls soccer, big matchup tonight. It'll be St. Mary's and Ottawa Glendorf at Rough Rider Field in St. Mary's. You can hear that on WZOQ Radio as well. But the other unbeaten in girls soccer in Shawnee having a pretty good run of things right now. Both the boys golf program at 7-0 and the girls tennis program at 8-0 are on top of the world for the Indians as well. The uh, girls' tennis program actually clinched at least a share of the Western Buckeye League title. Other things, WBL Volleyball, collision course coming up in a week or so. Ottawa Glendorf and Salina Volleyball still both unbeaten at 3-0. Titans picked up their 42nd straight home win as they had a 3-1. Kind of come from behind, won the first set, lost the second to uh, Lake but we're able to take the next two sets and ride out to their 42nd straight WBL or a home win. WBL streak sits at 44. So I'll put that on the line on Thursday night. Mac Volleyball, Fort Recovery, New Bremen, and New Knoxville, all with 2-0 records. And it was Knoxville in a five-set win on Saturday. They beat Fort Loramie. Cross country in the Mac, Minster Girls, huge win on Saturday at Tiffin. They beat two of the other top three teams in Division Three, Minster being the other. Liberty uh, Center and West Liberty Salem beat both of them and came away with a win. College signing news. Max Roth from Finley. Mason Brandt from Lipsick. They're both going to have the same destination. That'll be uh, Croy Gymnasium and the University of uh, Finley as they both signed to play collegiate basketball there. And congratulations to both of those young men. Lima Central Catholic quarterback Evan Unruh said he's going to play at Olivier, Olivier Nazarene University for his football seasons in college. Congratulations to him as well. 
one piece of unfortunate news as far as eight-man football goes in the state of Ohio, Holgate forced to cancel the rest of their season. Kind of a mixture of a COVID quarantine and injuries. They said they'll be back next fall. Hope that they are. AP football polls came out. Bell Fountain sitting at number nine in Division Three, and three number ones in our area. Two of the three defending state champs ranked number one in the new polls. Van Wert ranked number one in D4. They'll travel to St. Mary's this weekend. You can hear that on K94 and hear from their head coach as well. Division six, number one, Coldwater. They entertained St. John's this weekend. Archbold, number two, Columbus Grove at number nine. Division seven, unbeaten Marion Local at number one in New Bremen. Opens a poll at six. That's a look at the news and notes of this upcoming season. We've got Janot Evans from Lincoln View and Todd Schulte from Double St. John's coming up when we come back here on Around the Hearn. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like french fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kissel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Switching gears, talking about volleyball now as we talk Lincoln View Volleyball. We've had quite a few coaches on from Lancer Land and Janata Evans, the volleyball coach. Thank you for coming on and a heck of a start for you guys already this year. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Um, it's It's been a good run so far. And that run continues. I mean, you're kind of in that weird bridge where you've already got a handful of games in. You had one sort of pushed away, and why? Because the world is where it is. But tonight with Kaleida and then on Monday, we love Monday games, and you get to travel to New Bremen. I mean, that one makes it even better. Yeah, so, yeah, Tuesday's game got canceled with Elida. They're dealing with some COVID over there. You know, we're thinking of them. Hopefully they, they, they all get healthy. But, yeah, Kaleida tonight, um, it'll be our sixth. Um, match of the season and um, it'll be a, it'll be a competitive one that's for sure and obviously looking in the next week next week just in itself is going to be a very competitive week Monday Tuesday Thursday Saturday who put that together correct yeah yeah <laughs> that's the volleyball world yeah we go uh, we're, we go to New Bremen on Monday we're and then we're home against Ada Lipstick and Shawnee so we open up a conference next week as well so 
very, very tough schedule next week. Well, and it's kind of crazy because you don't really get that much more rest because then Monday the 20th, you get Parkway. But the good news is you're pretty much home for all of that stretch except for Nebremen. Correct. Yeah. So it's it's nice not to be on the road so much, especially when you're playing, you know, so many matches. That's just how volleyball is. You just play a lot through the week. And um, anytime we can give our girls just a, a little bit of a break and, and be home, those are those are just less hours. They have to be on the road and they can get more sleep and, and homework done. Plus, it makes it easier because then everybody else has to figure out where exactly middle point is. Yeah, yes, 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 absolutely. We, uh, we're we on the map there somewhere. <laughs> There's no good way, though. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, kind of over here, yes. kind of over there, and then it, the school just pops up. Right, right. The school's just out in the middle of nowhere. That's how we like it, though. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny, though, because I was wondering, for coaches this year, is obviously a little bit more towards normal than what last year was. When you go through the summer, you usually have – I mean, how did all of that work with you were able to get more of your normal workload in before the season started with your girls? Oh, yeah. This year was was 100% normal um, compared to last summer. I guess you want to say preseason was, you know, way more hands-on. Um, we were able to have um, more numbers in the gym at a time. We were able to travel to our team camp, which is which is huge. We, we go away. Lots of competition where we go. And, um, you know, the last year we, we were limited on, on everything that we were able to do, but we still made do, um, we figured it out. And, um, but this year way better, um, able to, to, you know, go to our leagues in the summer, travel to camp, um, have open gyms and, and just really, you know, a good, a good bonding time and a good time just to see your team come together. How has the program grown since you took over now seven years ago? Yep. So I think our first my first season in, I think we won, um, you know, three or four matches that year. It was it was rough. Um, we it was a whole new coaching staff. We were coming in um, to, you know, we just we just didn't know what we were coming into. Um, the numbers were lower, so we made do. I think we had thirteen girls on the entire program for high school, and um, you know, we won it. We won a handful of matches, and it just it just continued to grow from there. Now we've got you know, um, 26 girls and, um, you know, last year we, uh, we lost three matches. Um, so we'll, we'll take that. We'll take, um, you know, the 20 and three versus the, the three and whatever we were, but the growing, the numbers and, and, uh, the skill set is definitely continuing to grow. Um, just volleyball IQ all around. I would say we're us coaches are continuing to educate ourselves as well as um, our players. So it's just, it's been great. You know, the junior high programs um, growing, you know, we've got sixth and fifth grade volleyball growing, um, third and fourth grade, you know, that are playing clubs. So lots of girls interested in volleyball at Lincoln View, and, and I love to see that. How, I'm glad that you brought that up. How has the emergence of club, whether it's basketball or volleyball, sort of, has that changed anything? Or because you guys are a smaller school, it hasn't really sort of infected uh, the possibility of maybe losing a girl here or there to your program? Yeah, so I get that question a lot, actually. Um, I am a, obviously, I'm a promoter in, in club volleyball, just like I would be a promoter in, in AAU basketball or travel softball. Um, but I'm a huge promoter in school sports first. So, you know, and, my, and hopefully my girls, they, they, they know that. My team knows that. You know, if you're involved in a, in a sport in that season, then that's first because that's your school. 
you don't miss anything for your school for anything travel. I, I don't, I don't stand for that. I don't um, promote that, but um, you know, club volleyball, it, it is, it is big. If you, if you want to continue to get better, you know, um, you need to put some time in the off season and it, it just doesn't happen from, from August to October. You, you really got to get out there and, and play and get underneath other coaches and, and get underneath, you know, some, some other teammates as well and learn from each other. So, yep, I'm, I'm a huge promoter in it, but um, I'm also one that school comes first always, you know, be with your buddies, have a great time in school, win conference, go to state. Like, those are memories you can't get back. Now, I know that there's a big thing, you talk about AAU with basketball, of uh, recruiting versus high school. Uh, is that sort of a prevalent thing more in volleyball this way, or is it you're kind of you're getting the payoff on both sides? Like, what do you mean, recruiting? Well, as far as colleges are seeing kids, and, and I know a lot of, like, basketball, it's, you know, we don't come out to your high school games. We want to see you play with oh. elite of elite in AAU. Yeah. Um, we've always been told, you know, um, obviously club volleyball is also a time when the colleges um, do definitely get a look at you. Now, with today's age, we've got videos. Um, we film every game. So um, our players are able to, with, with the app that we film through, they're able to go back on every game and clip some highlights. So that's, that's a great resource for maybe somebody that financially can't afford a, a travel sport but still would love to play at the next level. They're able to go in and, and clip some highlights, and then those get sent to colleges as well. They don't want to see a whole you know 30-minute set. They want to watch you know some clips, and they can get a pretty good idea but for the most part, though, I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to play at that next level and you're really committed, the the, the recruiters, the colleges, they definitely um, are, are coming out in the spring to look at you versus the fall. You come off a 20-win year a year ago. You talked about it a little bit, but what's the last match like? Obviously, you end up losing in the tournament. You go 8-0 in the NWC. You have a handful of matches throughout the course of that big string where you're just rolling. You're going three o three o three o. To know that, kind of as a human element, that your seniors, especially on that group of, this is the last time we're going to get to do this together. Oh, it is um, a bittersweet thing. Um, we've always talked about tournament. It, it's a brand new season where everybody's zero and zero when we're when we're starting the tournament trail. Um, I always say it's my favorite time of the year um, because, you know, you just got to bring your best and, and it's just competitive volleyball, the, you know, best, best there is. Um, so the last match, you know, um, Fort Recovery last year for us, that was our last match. You know, I had a great group of seniors last year and for every senior that I've ever had and ever coached, it is um, going down to that locker room there's a million things going through your head. You know, what, what can I say to, to, to let them know how much they mean to, to this program, how much they mean to me. And, and, you know, sometimes you just sit there and you just let the emotions just ride itself out and, and you listen to the girls. But, you, you know, when you go down that locker room and you see the tears and, the, and some of them are just sobbing, you can just tell what volleyball, what their teammates, what the, you know, all of it just meant to them. And they and they know that their high school career is done. That they'll never put on another Lincoln View volleyball jersey. And I think that just hits them hard. It's um, like I said, it's a bittersweet because it's it's hard, but you're excited for them 
it's funny, you know, you say it that way. I've always said an interesting thing with I am a horribly sentimental person, and having seen kids go through these programs for three, four, five, six years, where watching them grow up and then seeing their last game, those are always the hardest games for me as someone who sees them a lot is of watching that tournament game, of realizing kind of that same thing of not having that jersey on anymore. And it's always given me a completely new respect for coaches because I don't have to go into the locker room now and try to mm. tell them something and put this in a box. I I can't imagine having to continually year after year after year go in and, well, now i got to figure out something. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully one of these years we can go down that locker room on the tournament run and, and have a great <laughs> have a great conversation. But, yeah, you know, you, you try at that moment, I think, to – to find um, the positive aspects that we've, we've accomplished throughout the year, you know, in, in a very short amount of time, you don't want to talk too long, but you know, and, and sometimes it's, it's just a little too soon. They don't want, it's just a pouring salt on the wound, but you know, those are times for the banquet. You can definitely celebrate your accomplishments through the years, be it be individual or, or as a team. And, you know, you just, you just try to elaborate on those and, and just, like I said, you know, you just feel the emotions from the players and um, for the for the underclassmen that are witnessing that, it's always good to see that because it's just like, man, you know, these people care. They've given so much of their life to this program and, you know, not, I got to I gotta step up and fill those shoes. So it's, um, you know, it's tough. It's just tough. Hopefully one of these years you get to dance in like Roy Williams after Carolina wins a game. Yes, yes, I will. I will definitely do that for sure. I use that because hopefully uh, you're not rooting for Duke because there are far too many Duke coaching fans. I no, I don't root for Duke. Good. That, that's that's <laughs> always a bad thing. I find out all these coaches that I like as people, and then I find out they're Duke fans, and I just have to stop being friends with them. No, 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 not a Duke fan. Good. Well, I thank you again for doing this, and I wish you uh, the best of luck this season, except for thank the twenty third when you come to Spencerville. Oh, oh, well, hey, that'll be a good game, though. That'll be a good game. We're going to bring our best, that's for sure. <laughs> I have to tell every coach that, and they all just kind of laugh. I'm like, you know, i, yeah. I got to rep the alma mater. That's right. I, no, you have to. You have to. That's your that's your home school. Mine is Lincolnview, so I'll always root blue and gold. But, I mean, we'll bring our best. We'll try. Well, I, I again, I wish you uh, and the girls the best of luck this year. Thank you. I appreciate it, Michael. That's Coach John Evans talking about Lincolnview Volleyball. Back with more coming up here in just a few. Did you know the Hegemeyer Tire Service on 120 South Walnut Street in Van Wert is under new ownership? Be sure to stop in and see new owners Kevin Price and Jared Hartman today for all of your vehicle service needs or give them a call at 419-238-2140 to schedule your next appointment. If you need tires, then you need Hegemeyer Tire Service at 120 South Walnut Street in Van Wert. Hegemeyer Tire Service is a proud sponsor of Lincoln View Baseball and says go Lancers. Are you looking for something fun to do this summer? Take the short drive to Huggy Bear Campground on Ringwald Road in Middle Point and see what all your friends will be raving about. Whether you're looking for cabin rentals or just a fun place to set up a tent, Huggy Bear Campground is where the fun never ends. Check them out online at HuggyBearCampground.com and book your visit today. Good luck, Lancers. Back with a look now at Adelphi St. John's football with the head coach in Todd Schulte, the winningest coach in St. John's history and as you uh, kind of look the last couple of years, Todd, you guys, it feels like this year with having the lean years the last couple of years are building towards possibly something big now and in the future. 
Well, you know, every year is a little bit different year, but you're right. We've, we've, uh, we've had some, some down years here the last, you know, three years or so. And, um, you know, every year and you come back and, uh, once the season's over, you kind of reevaluate, reevaluate who you're losing, who, who might be able to replace and what can we do, tweak, uh, offensively, defensively, special teams to, to try to always keep moving forward and, and the league we're in. Um, you know, we, we've had some injuries and playing young guys the last three years. It seems like you can't get rid of the injury bug and, and the league we're in. Once you start playing some young guys, it's, it's really tough in our league because you're, you're, you're playing against the best of the best and, and really good coaches. So, um, you know, you're going to get everybody's best shot every week in our league. Wait, are you saying the Midwest Athletic Conference is good at football? Yeah, they've, they've been known <laughs> to be okay. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, you know, if you can get through the meat grinder of our league, you, you're well prepared. Well, and it's kind of funny because I've always talked to coaches about that and other people across the state when uh, we do playoff games or whatever will say, I don't understand how the Mac is so good. And my response is always kind of the same as the coaches of, you don't seem to understand that you're basically playing, depending on who your non-conference is that year, you're basically playing an entire regular season schedule full of playoff games just to get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you said it best there. It's you're playing playoff caliber teams um, to get yourself into the playoffs. So, you know, the, the years that we, uh, you know, where we might have been six and four, seven and three, eight and two getting in and, you know, weren't able to beat a couple of the top teams in our league. It's like, well, we've, you know, the teams we're starting to face, well, we've seen this stuff before and we're, we're comfortable heading into those games. And, and again, you're just, you're just, you're well prepared as a, as a player. And also as a coach that, you know, you have to coach your best and prep your best every week for, for the teams we're going to be seeing. Last year, a real oddity, obviously with COVID, with getting a late start, with everything, you start off with that win against Parkway, you get to the playoffs because everyone makes the playoffs last year. I mean, was there a different thought going into that of, you know, we might not have, we wouldn't have been here in any other year. Okay, let's see if we can do some damage. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and, you know, football is the, the only tournament that you have to qualify to get into and in OHSA sports. So, you know, every week, um, there's something riding on the line it, that, you know, it, you know, every, every, every win is big and every loss is huge. And, you know, and especially when you're trying to accumulate those playoff points to get in. So last year, knowing that, you know, everybody was going to be in no matter the record, if you wanted to be in, um, you know, there was a little bit less of the sense of urgency that, man, this, this is a must-win game for us if we're looking to, you know, get into the playoffs. Now, if you're in a league race, you know, for, for a league title, obviously there's a lot riding on every game as well. But, you know, unfortunately we weren't in that position. But um, you could almost, um, you know, in some of those moments where we were struggling a little bit, just kind of take a step back instead of, uh, you know, while we were always – trying to prepare for our next opponent, but we could spend a little more time just on ourselves and try to get ourselves better instead of, man, we got to get every X and O right for and, and our scheme down for this team where we could take a little, you know, a little deep breath, take a step back and, and focus a little bit more on ourselves. And this year with the playoffs being expanded, you guys sit at one and three right now, getting some things going the right way. Say, you know, you get to six and four somewhere in that range. I mean, how do you look at the playoffs this year that they added a handful more teams? Are, are you a fan of that, or is it kind of – I akin it to the wild card game where they added a second one in Major League Baseball of 
now half the teams get a banner. Right. And, you know, and I, I see it from both ends. You know, I see it from, you know, okay, so we're expanding it to 16. It takes away a little bit of that. Hey, you really, really got to earn your way into the playoffs uh, uh, for football. But I also see the other end, too, where, um, you know, again, you know, kind of going back to last year a little bit where there's a little bit of different feel where you're going to get into the playoffs. And, and the teams that, you know, that maybe on a, a normal year, um, maybe last year, or this year, where it's expanded, can't get in the playoffs, and now they have a real shot to get in. If they get in, I think it's you know the the playoff atmosphere uh, for people that haven't experienced and been in it. Once they get in at once, I think it's a huge thing for their school, their program, their community. So you know, I I see it from both ends, and and I guess it's you know, been around for a little bit. I think I see it the other way, just the good it can do for your school and your your, your players and your program and the community itself and the excitement it brings. So, you know, yeah, I, I guess I'm more for it than I am against it. Well, you guys have sort of been on both sides of that the last 10 years where in 14, you got in at four and six, two years later, you got left out at five and five. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we've been on both sides, you know? Um, so that's why I said, I, I, I can see it from both sides and I understand it. Um, you know, where you, you have your kind of your staunch old school uh, thought or, or the way of looking at it, like, well, you know, don't expand it. If you, if you can't get in and the top eight, then you don't deserve to be in. But again, there's that other side of me that says, hey, you know, I, I just see the other uh, positives from it, you know, from a big picture standpoint as well. We look at D1 and Region 1, everybody but one team gets in. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be that one team, right? Right. So, uh, <laughs> So there, you know, there, you know, again, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the same train of thought for those guys is some of those teams that would never have a shot to get in or are going to get in. And, you know, um, you know, you go get to go play the game and you have an extra week. And, you know, I think all those things are good. Well, in between when you take over for Vic in 99, part of the streak with the 57 straight games, the uh, first two years, 28 and 1, to now where in that almost quarter of a century span, Sorry, that uh, the game has changed, obviously, a lot. I mean, not only how you get into the playoffs but with the points and the computers and everything, but I would imagine the game itself, just how it's played, has been totally different from then and now. Well, I, I think so. Um, you know, I think one you can take, uh, and I just kind of think of the way we do some things, uh, safety standpoint, you know, um, early in my coaching career, it was we're going to be, we're going to be tough and mean and we're going to do all those things in practice and, you know, we're going to beat on each other in practice. And, and now it's more of a health and safety thing where, you know, we want to be healthy and we want to be safe in practice. And, you know, we don't do as much tackling practice as we used to. We don't hit as much uh, live, any type of live hitting as much as we used to. And again, it's a health and safety thing. And then I, I think also, you know, uh, you, you got the trickle down effect from NFL to college to high school where, you know, you're seeing very uh, defenses now that, you know, early in my career, usually the, the defense is going to run one defense and, and that's what they stayed in all night. Now it's, it's become more complex and even same with the offenses, um, you know, and I, and I think coaches are more advanced and, um, you know, have, have, and, and I don't want to say coaches back then weren't good coaches, but, just the, the tools and resources we have now as coaches to educate ourselves on, you know, things that are being done, you know, across the country at a different high school that, 
you know, no one has ever heard of. And, you know, you might be able to have a chance to, to see what they do and how they do it. So just our resources is, is, is such easy, easier to get to. And, um, you know, I remember back in the day we were an option team and I would travel everywhere. I could travel to, to follow Air Force and, and hear some of their stuff just to, you know, try to get a nugget here and there. Now, it's, you know, it's a click of a button and, and you can get on your computer and you can get the same stuff. So, yeah, I think it, it you know, the way that the game has developed has moved much faster in the changes it's made. And um, I think it's just a more complex game now. I think it's one of those things where it's good for you from a scouting perspective. It's terrible for you from the other team's scouting perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, um, anything you want on a team, again, it's it's right at your fingertips. You can go get it. You can go find it. And, you know, you don't have to go far to get it. So, um, yeah, there, again, there's good and bad to it. But, uh, again, the same thing is, that, you know, it's all there for you, but you got to be willing and want to put that time into once you have it in your hands to make it useful for your program. Well, now that they've got the big TV name, are you guys going to bring Bishop Sycamore to as ESPN would obviously refer to it, Delphos? Well, hey, why not, right? <laughs> um, I guess if they're, they're going to bring some 20-year-olds in, we might go get some of our old guys too to, to, right. to challenge them a little bit. So. Zach's probably uh, yeah, got a couple what a, what carries. I would think so, and you know, I've ran into. We've got some guys, uh, old old veteran guys around town here. I think got a few plays here and there. I'm not, I'm not sure we can play in four quarters, but I bet they could give us a couple plays. You know, uh, see how it would go. But yeah, what a what an interesting uh, scenario that sure turned into. I just my big thing is I'm real big on numbers and research and stuff like that, and I can't understand how when they booked the game in May to the time that they got to August that nobody went. No, hold up a second. Could we just go to Max Preps or maybe try to find something on the internet and understand why this is happening? And I agree. And I even talking to some people, if I have IMG Academy's coaches, I just, you know, you know, we like to do a lot of research and, you know, we do the best we can um, and preparing for a game. So if I'm playing somebody that's a few states away, man, I'm going to start doing a lot of research and maybe even reaching out to people to find out more information on them or can I trade, you know, game film with you. And uh, so, yeah, I even look at it from that standpoint, that how did they not catch it either? That man, this, this just seems awfully odd or a little fishy. Well, especially when you beat them by 50 last year. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess whatever it takes to get on the SPN, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> how that got by them as well, but it's you know, I, I guess, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's just crazy how all of that works, and I, I laugh about it because you know I've asked coaches about this. Of do you think in some way maybe uh, to outside people it will represent Ohio football, or are people smart enough to go? Eh, we've seen enough good football teams from Ohio that there's got to be more to this. Yeah, I I don't think it will tarnish Ohio's reputation as far as high school football goes. I think people, once people dive into it a little more, they're going to be like, well, yeah, it is in Ohio, but it's definitely an oddity. And, you know, I think our football in Ohio from top to bottom, from, from your largest division down to the bottom, pretty much speaks for itself. So, I have uh, joked with folks from Delphus who have asked about when I'm going to have a St. John's content on this podcast about how I feel like I could just do episodes and episodes on St. John's history, uh, and I just don't have that kind of time. But it's crazy to just sort of to feel that energy from folks in town where it's been. And no matter 
you know, wins or losses outside of that of the family and the tradition that you guys have put together as a program and just how well that travels outside of Delphus. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, we take a lot of pride in that. And obviously, you know, you, you go back to uh, coach Whiting in his days here and, and kind of the culture that he established. And I was fortunate enough to come in and, and continue that culture. And, you know, we've, we've tried our best to continue moving that forward. And, and you're right, whether it's wins or losses, our, our people, are really good about supporting our programs here, not just football, but all of our, our sporting programs here. And, you know, and I think we have a pretty intelligent fan base and, uh, you know, they understand that the, the time and, and dedication that our kids put into this. And yeah, we may not be winning every game or state championships right now, but they, they still understand that it's, you know, that this is high school athletics football in particular is not easy to be involved in these days. And, um, it's, it's, it's tough. And there has been a little bit of a culture change and, you know, uh, a lot of people right now say, well, the kids are different. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I, I think it's, um, uh, maybe sometimes the parents are different, which is the result of how the kids might look at some things, but I still like to think we've got a, a handful of kids that are, uh, kind of old, old soul kids or old school and, and they understand exactly what it takes and our kids still work really hard. And, and again, I think our fans understand that, and they're going to support our, our, our programs no matter what. Well, I said numbers always jump out to me, and it's crazy to me every time I think about your 99 team and your 2000 team that you outscored 29 games, uh, 2,000 to like 200 and something. I mean, that's it's just that's insane. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I'm like I said, I've been around long enough. Um, you know, I've had a lot of kids go through this program or a lot of good football players that made me look really good and really <laughs> smart. And, uh, you know, we, we had, we just had kids and, and, you know, we were two platooning at that time. And, you know, for, for the school, it's in the smallest division to actually have true 22 starters. Um, you know, that was pretty amazing. And we were on a, we had an amazing run. And again, um, even our kids today, uh, you know, they may not, have a full gist of how good some of those kids were they they still understand that you know the tradition and the, and the, the kind of the bar that was set in front of them and you know um they work to match that every day in practice they work to match that every day in the weight room so like i said even though you know we're we're not hanging up banners in our gym right now um i still think there's a very strong sense of tradition and the pride of, of st john's football I always love when a coach has hit any kind of career mark. Uh, for instance, coming up when you hit 200 wins, that I'm sure that the stock answer will just be, well, it just means or means I've been around for a while. Yeah, I, that is the stock answer. But, you know, and also my, my answer goes maybe beyond that is I give our kids that credit and our assistant coaches. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I you know, um, Jimmy's and Joe's sure do help your X's and O's. And, and, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be at St. John's for a long time and to be blessed with some, some kids that, are, that know the game of football, that work really hard, um, you know, any, anywhere from our undefeated seasons to maybe the one-win seasons, our, our kids work just as hard. Um, you know, and I've had people ask me that before. Well, what, what's the difference? Did the, did the kids work harder back then? Not, not necessarily. I don't think they worked any harder. And I think at times I probably push our kids harder now uh, to try to reach, you know, where we used to be. 
Um, you know, it's just a matter of one, we don't have as many boys in the school and, you know, uh, we don't have as much to choose from. And, um, you know, the non-merge game in football is a big deal when it comes to, to personnel. So, um, but yeah, I, I give credit to our kids and, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not in this, the longer I'm in this, I'm not in this to, to reach milestones. Um, I, you know, we, we, we started off slow start this year and, and, you know, this past Saturday when we beat Minster, I was more happy just to see our kids smile after game and enjoy and hug each other and high five. And instead of them looking off the ground, walking off after the field and not, you know, I, I felt really good about that moment as opposed to how close am I to winning or getting a milestone or anything like that. So, you know, the longer I'm in it, I guess my soft spot gets a little bit bigger for our <laughs> kids. And I, I just like to see the simple things. And, you know, I like to see in practice when the light bulb goes on and we understand our X's and O's for the week. So, um, that, that's what keeps me doing this and keeps me interested in our, our, our program here at St. John's. Now, I know week number one was something that means a lot to a lot of people in Delphus. There's only been one time previous that Jefferson and St. John's had played. Uh, I read a newspaper article where you talked about the teams playing each other. I mean, how much to you did that game mean? And it was 14-14 for a long time in that game of – just being able to see all of the community. Yes, they're rooting for different teams, some red and some blue and gold, but to be able to come together at that field and just enjoy football for a couple hours. Yeah, I think it was a big deal. I think it was a win-win for the schools and the community itself. Uh, You know, um, we had the brand new turf field, so that was the first varsity football game on there. Our, Our booster clubs came together and did a huge fundraiser. Um, so there was just a lot of things going on that the community was intertwined and not just, you know, lining up to play a football game. And it's Jefferson St. John's, which, yes, for 48 minutes, exactly what it was. Um, but I, I just thought the atmosphere there and the kind of the pride in the community of Delphus that, you know, we have two really good school systems here in town. Um, we have two football programs that are uh, have had past traditions, uh, winning traditions and uh, to see that on display. And, and, and you know, I, I had some some pretty staunch old school people here in town because you, you can't play this game. It's, you know, it's going to create a big divide between the schools. And I, I think it did just the opposite um, of moving us maybe a little bit closer together and, um, you know, being able to. And, again, we've, we've been in the same community for a really long time. And, and Delphus has survived, and I think it might have made it a little bit stronger. Yeah, it's possible that the bars made it through that night. So I think with everything intact, that it worked out all right. Yeah, and I think the bars probably did okay those nights too, as far as uh, uh, making a little bit of money and the profiting on the weekend too. <laughs> right. So yeah, I had a win for them as well, probably. It's like having two homecoming games in one season. <laughs> hey, there you go. And uh, I can't remember a homecoming game where we had that larger crowd in, in a really long time. So that that was pretty neat. My homecoming games in high school it always rained. Well. We've been through some of those as well, and you know, it dampens the spirits for some of the things. But you still get to play the football game. So true. But we it used to be back in the day at Spencerville where we had the uh, the gravel track and not the new blacktop <laughs> one they had. So my mom would be, "Why are you so dirty?" I went to the homecoming <laughs> game, mom. Yep, it, it is what it is, right? I know that the field itself is a big deal. Your nonprofit group, Champions Field Incorporated, the reason why that field is named that uh, a little bit about how that came to be. I mean, I know that you, it was a big thing for you from what I read about making sure 
that the schools weren't having to pay a dime to get this done. Yeah, you know, and and the schools haven't paid a dime. Our taxpayers of Delphus have not paid a dime, and the schools have not paid a dime either. And that, that was that was a big part of it. If we were going to try to do it, we didn't want to burden the city of Delphus, the taxpayers, or the schools. You know, there's, um, you know, financially, we're, we're both, I think, in a comfortable position, but we didn't want to put ourselves in a position where we're going to tax the schools. So, yeah, it was all privately funded, and, you know, in about six months, uh, the amount we raised was pretty incredible uh, to put in a turf field. Uh, we, we think uh, from day one, we said we want to try to get this. We're not going to just put in a turf field. If we have it, we're going to try to put in the best one that we can absolutely get. And, and, I, and I think we were able to accomplish that. What was the tipping point? Was it for you as a coach or as someone in the community of, yes, the grass at Stadium Park has been nice, but we need to get this done? Well, yeah, the tipping point was actually, you know, kind of go back to playing Jefferson week one. So probably four or five years ago, um, we had a, a meeting with all the administrators and, and myself and Jefferson's head coach at that time. And it was brought to us by some community members, some very involved community members of both schools and said, have you guys ever given any thought to playing each other? And as we sat at that meeting, everybody said, well, yeah, let's, let's give it a shot. And I jokingly said at the end of the meeting, like, all right, if we're going to play, then we might as well play on turf. Both schools get to play the first game at the same time. What a great idea. And, you know, it, at that time, it was kind of a ha-ha, everybody laughed. And, you know, about two months later, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, we've tried this before. We've had conversations before, but it always fell pretty flat. So started to have some conversations, and, and the ball got rolling. And we said, let's, let's give it a shot. And, you know, I, I – uh, Pick the brain of some some people here in town that I think have a have a pretty good uh, their finger on the pulse of our, of our community, and they said I, I think people are going to you know to back you on this, and then so we went forward and and it moved pretty fast once we got going. This week you go back to grass as you go on the road. You go to uh, Coldwater, traditionally not an easy place to win for anybody, but they I would think give you a lot of different individual challenges, knowing how their offense works. Oh, yeah, they, they've got uh, they've got it rolling down there right now, and it just seems like, you know, once you, you look at their at the end of the year and they're graduating this guy and that guy that had a great year, and next thing you know, uh, they've got this guy and that guy that are also having a great year and going to continue <laughs> to have a great year. Um, yeah, they do. They pose a, a, just a lot of – first, they're well coached. You know, Chip Otten does an absolutely outstanding job in his coaching staff, but you know, you, you start to look at some of the wide receivers they have. Uh, you know, Myers six four two twenty. That's going to be a real challenge for us. They got Schwederman at six four one ninety. So, um, you know, you just look at those two guys, and I think those guys at this point are probably their two leading receivers. I've had both have outstanding years at this point, but uh, and just their size up front, and you know, uh, speed speed kills in, in football and. Boy, they have it everywhere, and you know, and that's 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 a big concern for us. Have you thought about uh, asking Chip or taking the officials to midfield and making sure that it's not actually Miles Blasting game still playing quarterback? <laughs> it seems like the same style, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, um, yeah, and, and again, Bellinger, he's he, you know his first year starting, and and he's done an outstanding job, and you know, and he's got plenty of weapons to go around him, but he doesn't also he also doesn't put him in a bad position, so. Um, you know, he's very well coached at his position and, and uh, has, has continued right on where Blasting Game left off. So I think Miles gave him a big bag of tricks and said, go ahead and dig into any one of these at any time. 
I, he must have because it, yeah, as you watch film, it's it's there's there's not much difference uh, from from Miles to to Bellinger. So uh, they they just continue to to plug in another name and a jersey number there, and and, and are getting the same results. It's crazy though because I would have, I would think the way that things work in cycles, especially in the way that the MAC has gone for the last twenty twenty five years, that a lot of coaches throughout the years of when they're on these big runs like Coldwater is now, you know, they've had years where not everything has gone their way of every one of the coaches sits down at some point and goes, that's how everybody felt on the opposite side. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we're, we're there, we've been on both sides and um, I, I understand it when you, you, you've got it rolling and I also are well aware of when, you know, you have your little bit of your, your struggles and, and, um, you know, trying to, trying to get on track. And, um, you know, I think, and at least in my career that I have learned a whole lot more about myself as a coach, as we go through struggles, than when we were, uh, you know, on that 57 game win streak and winning state championships, not, not that I wasn't learning some things, but to go through the struggles and, and try to redirect the team and, um, have to adjust this and do this a little bit different to, to, you know, uh, to help our strengths come out and maybe eliminate some of our weaknesses, um, you know, to be on both sides of it. Again, I, I think I'm a better coach now than I've been since I went through the struggles than I was when we were just steamrolling people. Well, hopefully one can get you back to the other. Well, absolutely. And that's, you know, that, that's, that's always the goal, obviously. And, uh, like I said, I, I wish I would have known some of the things back then that I know now with myself <laughs> as a coach and, um, you know, uh, could I uh, help made it a little bit better? I, I would hope so. Um, but, you know, and again, got a lot of great assistants that I've worked with here at St. John's for many, many years. And, um, you know, I trust those guys. And, you know, every day we're trying to evaluate and get ourselves in a position to, to be competitive and win football games. Youth is, of course, wasted on the young is how that goes, I think. I, there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good to gain a little wisdom and, and not so – you know, I uh, think that you got it just about everything figured out. And uh, when you start to struggle, you realize, man, I, I don't have everything figured out and, and we need to keep learning and working. I'll take the wisdom, but I can do without the gray hair. I'm, I'm 100% with you. <laughs> I guess my, my I guess my good fortune is I don't, uh, as I let my facial hair grow out, that's where all the gray comes out. So I can get rid of that. Person. <laughs> so I guess that's I guess one one silver lining right there. Well, hopefully uh, the next couple of weeks you don't get any extras. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad I was on, and I'm glad some people stepped in your ear to, to get, get some St. John's uh, time on here, and I uh, appreciate you having me on and, and be able to talk about our program. Anytime I can give our program a little uh, you know, uh, boost and, and talking about what's going on here at St. John's, I think it's, it's good for our program, and I appreciate you having me on. I'm happy to do it. That's the head coach of Delphi St. John's and Todd Schulte Moore. Would have come back here in just a few. DM Fencing is your leader in residential and commercial fencing, serving Allen County and nearby areas with all types of sizes of fencing. Want to spice up your property with a privacy fence? DM Fencing are the ones to call. DM Fencing also specializes in custom fabrication and chain link fencing. Their schedule is booked into 2021. Give them a call today at 419 605 0293 or visit their Facebook page. Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Give Matt a call and tell him Z Sports 3 sent you his wife. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, 
and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. And a big thank you to them as well as Lee Kitzel on Western Road in Van Wert. Always online at LeeKitzel.com any time of the day. Excited to see the victory wagon from Van Wert in attendance this weekend in St. Mary's. That came again on K94 starting at 6.30 with a pregame. But a big thanks to Big E for all that he does. He was live in his demo derby car during the Auglaise County Fair last week. One of the best things I've watched in a while because I wouldn't be able to not swear while I'm being hit in the doors. But credit to Big E. That's just kind of how the guy is. He's amazing. A big thank you to him and a big thanks as well to Janon Evans and to uh, Todd Schulte. Both uh, First time I've got to talk to both. Enjoyed that tremendously, but that's what I have for this week's Around the Hearn. Be sure to uh, come back next week. Hit me up on Twitter, at Michael Hearn PVP. You can also find me on the uh, Facebook as well. It's at Around the Hearn on Facebook. And uh, tell me who you'd like to hear. What stories you'd like to hear. Maybe I can even come up with it. Bribe the right people. We'll find out. But that's what I have for Around the Hearn this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.